Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating and listening to the Inter Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. The goal scorer, Morgan! A second! He's done it again! Lewis Morgan with a second of the match! He won't even have to go! He's framed the top 90! It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain! Friday games, am I right? You're right, you're right, you're right. What a what a day, man! I mean, like the fans are already rambunctious as it is, but you just you just roll them straight out of a work week. There is no holding back. There, there's a reason we don't have too many of these Friday games because we might just have to deem everyone the blackout game. <laughs> yeah, I forgot they marketed that. Man, was that uh, was that a fun time though? Even even though we didn't get the result. Uh, the fan experience, second to none, man. Second to none. Absolutely a blast. I don't know if you saw, we were we were over by the, the seizures. A video going around of this absolute lunatic jumping <laughs> from the top of his Jeep, pure Buffalo Bill style, and just smashing a table, bouncing up like, like he was 16 years old. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why use Buffalo Bill in that situation? But uh, yeah, th- there was no padding underneath it. Buffalo Bill's the, the murderer from Silence of the Lambs. I don't know if he was like a hardcore. No, res- Bill's Mafia. Oh, Bill's Mafia. Okay, yeah, the Bill's Mafia. Yes, that is highly accurate. Um, except I feel like they do theirs in a field and not on just the the asphalt. But there is there is no pillows. There is nothing. And he jumped off the top of a Jeep. And I think we were just sitting there like, trying to talk to people like just in a normal conversation. And then we just like hear a bunch of people yelling and look over and I, it was like, it happened like a second later. I'm, I'm, I'm happy we were there to see it. Yeah. Well, it was even more surprising. It was just like, Oh, that's, that's just Teddy again up there. <laughs> <laughs> just got up and, and, and walked it right off. Yes, sir. It was, it was a blast. And with that, welcome everybody to the Inner Miami podcast. This is Alex Papa George joined like always with Mr. Jay Kington coming off a of one hell of a weekend. Yeah, I think hell and weekend absolutely sums it all up here. Yeah, it was uh this month has been a bit rough, man. Yeah, and it's not gonna July's not gonna slow down any 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 way whatsoever. I'm We're actually, gonna have a Wednesday game. When are we having the Wednesday game? It's like two days before my birthday. Oh boy. <laughs> There's a game two days after my birthday, so it's just gonna be that whole week's gonna be a whammy, but same energy, you know, bring in midweek. That Thursday's gonna be tough. Thursday is going to be tough, but you know, we, we just got to do it. So like, I, I guess we should start preparing now. We do this for the community. Yeah. You know, it, it's not like we enjoy putting our livers through this. Yeah. We do this for all of you. You know, I mean, this is, this is how you end up with hot pockets on your bathroom floor. <laughs> Told you that in confidence. 
I'm, I'm assuming like a pepperoni. What was it? Stromboni. Stromboni. Just red sauce everywhere. <laughs> what a what a what a sweet gift to leave your your significant other to to find yeah. after your super responsible night was just hot pockets in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not the best conversation in the morning. More just sheer disappointment. You know, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm yeah, just disappointed. She's again. just like, dude, you're 30 years old. What in the hell are you doing with hot pockets in the bathroom in the first place? I just love this story because you're so healthy. You're such a healthy eater. Like this man will only eat like grilled chicken and vegetables, and no, like you you, you put you send him to a blackout game. Now he's just balls deep in a hot pocket. <laughs> There's no no telling what I was doing with that hot pocket. Jesus, so this is a family podcast. Oh, wrong man. type of hot pocket. Well, uh, if there is uh, anyone listening to this podcast, <laughs> like actually, I know there's a few people because they were coming up to us. We went to an after party and damn, man, you would have thought we won the game. This was absolutely bumping at a local bar right next to Jay's. We were on the way back right, from right. the we have to preface it with with what it, it was and what it is. OK, so the place he's talking about has been a local establishment for probably decades, okay? We used to play quite a bit of pool together during lunch or on the weekend, whatever, just hanging out. And there's this pool hall right around the corner from my house called Miss Q's, and this was like your traditional old Florida kind of bar, you know, where like the beers are 250, they're drinking whiskey straight, and Got they're a probably- 65 year old waitress. Yeah, and you and everyone in that place probably smokes two cigarettes two packs of cigarettes a day, right? Very old Florida classy. I guess we haven't really been back there since the, the, the coronavirus pandemic happened. And in that time, I was told that the owner sold it to these two brothers who owned this little um, Latin restaurant across the street. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. They repainted the building, like trying to make it more appealing on the outside, but fully expect it's the same, just old Florida bar. So we decide like, you know, we're, we're, we're out of the stadium, but we're, we've had such a good night. We're like, whatever, both our, our significant others are busy. Let's go to Miss Q's, just hang out, shoot some pool. Cool. Cool. We do it. We pull up and Alex is like, oh man, like, why, I wonder why that, that dude doesn't enter Miami shirt on outside. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, there's not going to be any inner Miami fans here. This is like the most, most ratchet old Florida place we could ever be. Anyway, out of like top 10 things that I would expect to happen there, what we experienced was, was definitely not one of them. We opened the door expecting to see many open tables and maybe six people inside. Hell no. That was like 200 people deep out of their minds. That's the preface. I'm going to let Alex go ahead and roll with the rest. It was air horns all night. Just it was nuts to step in there and it's been a it's been a little bit of time since I had uh, stepped on the beach or as they call South Beach down there and <laughs> felt like I was walking right into the Latin live to be honest with you there, there, there was dancing on the tables we had playing pool games for money we got the waitresses were running around doing the best that they possibly could but they were just sheerly overran by numbers and Jay and I just looked at each other and we said we're home we're home this is this is good it was like I think every supporters group, maybe maybe like one wasn't there, but just absolute mad psychopaths who just came from probably, to be fair, three to four hours of, of tailgating and pre-gaming, followed up by two hours of heavy drinking at a, at, a, at a game and then just rolls over to what is probably now the, the hottest pool hall in Florida. 
I mean, you name another that gets that wild. I'd challenge anyone to let us know who gets that lit at a pool bar like that. Big shout out to Jose. He is one of the owners and was actually DJ Jose up there playing all the music for everybody getting down. So he's living his best life. He's like, you know what? I'm pretty sure they're like their father actually owned the restaurant until like they kind of took over or whatever and ended up purchasing this. So this dude's probably just been working at this restaurant. I was like, you know what? Man, like my whole life I've just wanted to be a DJ. Man, I'm gonna buy that pool hall, just kind of tear tear down the, the bar, set up my own DJ booth. And we walk in there and my man is straight throwing down, living his best life. Was there a little piece of jealousy from DJ Snowflake when we walked in there? I mean, DJ Kentucky's most wanted had a little bit of, of, of jealousy that that would not be a bad way to spend your life. Maybe he'll let you get up and spin on the ones and twos. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I haven't even touched anything remotely similar to that since college. But wild, wild uh, Friday into the Friday morning, man. Had such a blast after this game. Uh, we're actually in high spirits, even though we did come out with the L, because La Familia makes everything so special. But let's... Go ahead and recenter. Okay, never mind. One more uh, tangent item. There is the one more tangent item, Jade. Not going to let you forget it. We in Pure Inner Miami Podcast Fashion had one hell of a show lined up for <laughs> all you boys and girls out there on Friday. We were ready to go. We had our participants. We had our games lined up. We had our little setting studio lined up, ready to roll. And what happened, Jay? Well, as I prefaced on the previous episode that we did get some new equipment. So bear with us if there is any te technical difficulties with this new uh, equipment. And uh, you know what? The manufacturer's instructions lied to me. It said if it had a blue light, it was fully charged. And if it had a red light, it was dead. So we opened it up, what, the day before, two days before, something like that. Blue light. All right, we're good, man. We're good. Just we were pretty pumped, too. Throw it in the whip. We'll be good. And then maybe after about 45 seconds of our, of our live show, it just went to red light. It was dead. No sound. We were good on the test run. We were good a few days before. You know, I had told you this, but Sherry was like, dude, like, charge this before you guys do this i thought the same thing and i was like no there is no chance i told her that the show did not continue because she's not on instagram right now so she hasn't even asked so Thank we're just God. gonna go ahead and push that underneath the rug yeah i felt i felt pretty dumb and pretty bad about that but we were able to charge it in the uh in the car in the meantime and put together a little little after show if you will but let's go ahead and jump into some news around the team kind of items we're going to be discussing today, buddy? Yeah, not too much going around the world of Inter-Miami. We're going to cover our last match against Orlando City in the Copa del Sol round five that unfortunately did not go our way. And a look ahead, a little sneak peek action for this next week's game against Montreal. But before we do, a little bit of team news. First being, we had a... Pizarro signing, Jay. We saw Pizarro for the first time out there since May 12th, where he actually played one minute against Cincinnati. That was the last time that he actually saw any PT. He had one minute of playing time, and prior to that was actually in Montreal, which was on May 12th. That is that's about a month and a half of time that we have not seen our designated player out there. And can can you say it was good to see him out there? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it was reassuring, I guess, because we've assumed he's been really injured, but then he gets called up for the Mexican uh, Gold Cup team. So, I mean, he's still here, which is good. I guess it was just the, the preliminary roster. Um, it's a little strange having that much money come off the bench between both Gonzalo and Pizarro. Uh, but again, I mean, it, it's also been a, a game. We The previous game, we didn't have Gonzalo at all. So it was nice to, to see them come on, and that might have been the impact that we needed. Do you think that there's anything additional to look into with Jade Chapman getting the start over Pizarro and then even bringing Pizarro into the second half? Is there is there anything to look more into that, or is that just the way that it happened and we're given an opportunity to Jay and see if he can roll with it? Well, I think Jay has had some impressive moments but hasn't really been able to stand out as like, oh, this would be the new number 10. But I think that this was probably one of his best games, if not his best game that he played for us. He, I mean, he, he had a solid chance in the very, what, first like five minutes. Um, I'm still want to see, like, what's this team going to do? Everyone and their mother and their grandmother knows that Pizarro's not a 10 and he plays on the wing. So are we going to keep trying to force him to do that? Are we starting to recognize that, hey, Maybe we should have some sort of Pizarro and Shea rotation. And I mean, Shea's versatile, so he could put Breck, you know, anywhere really on that that left side. But I was I was impressed because I think the thing that we're lacking the most, I actually discussed this on the Ballers Round, which is the Montreal Club de Foot podcast uh, yesterday, is that we until we can identify that number ten and, and have a true number ten to allow Pizarro to truly run free, I don't know if we're ever going to get the the maximum Pizarro potential that everyone wants to see. Yeah, and then that's you know, bearing the question of will we ever get to that point of having a true striker out there? You mean number 10? Oh, I'm sorry. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's tough. I like, we're gonna have to figure out something this season and maybe make some changes in the off season. If, you know, we decide to not extend Matuidi or anything like that, then we could in theory roll in a, a number, another number uh, or DP rather, not number 10, but a DP in that spot, or we could just pick up Pella Messi. So we still don't really know exactly how that's going to play out. But uh, Gat asked a question about, you know, Pizarro in Gonzalo's chemistry and why that hasn't really developed. And I just I think it, we're dealing with the situation where we've got injuries, not being fit, but not ha not being able to play in their true positions and develop that natural chemistry. I feel like we're trying to create more of a forceful chemistry with playing Pizarro as the creator and Gonzalo as the finisher, which finally, I mean, that's where Gonzalo needs to be is the finisher. Whereas last season we saw him as more of a creator. So at least we're, we're kind of right on one of those, but we still need to correct that second one. You're absolutely right. We would have thought that both of these players would have played a little bit better off of one another. But when you look at it, these two players haven't really been on the pitch at the same time for all that long too. Exactly. You know, and I don't know if that's, you know, I mean, again, I guess it's a whole hogwash of a lot of certain things, which is more conditioning injuries, you know, you know, tactical, you know, disconnects, however you want to look at it. They have not gotten on the same page ever. And at this point, it's just a big question mark. Will they ever get on the same page? Will they have enough time, you know, before one's out? I will say shout out, you know, even though a lot of people have some animosity towards Gonzalo and the, the stupid cigarette comment he made, you know, we're looking at five goals this season with eight games played. So uh, really not bad. Really, really not bad, especially considering last season where he just had had one goal. But then that's where everything kind of falls off. We got Federico with one goal, Lewis Morgan with one goal, Robbie Robinson with one goal, Breck Shea with one goal, and that's it. We've only had five players score, and four of those have only put in one goal. So someone else is going to have to step up in that. That's what you're looking towards in a, a Pizarro to do.
Yeah, right now he's actually tied for eighth in the league in total goals scored with five on the year, as you mentioned. So we need more of that. You know, offense is not our strong suit. It never has been for this club. And we can lean on him to perform and, you know, really kind of produce that offense. And it hasn't happened so far. Yeah, it's been tough. And the other kind of upsetting piece of news is that Jovan Jones was injured uh, and he will be out of the at least initial Gold Cup uh, rounds with Trinidad and Tobago. So who knows what the timetable looks like on that. I think it's probably getting evaluated, you know, early this week. So we will keep an eye on that. But nice change of pace guy coming in, you know, off the back and, and pretty versatile throughout the midfield as well. But we're going to be out uh, probably at least a couple weeks, I would imagine. Someone you can count on a reliable player that has been in the MLS for quite some time. And, you know, I guess this brings us to the point in the show where we really got to talk about a... Our one-two loss against Orlando City, our rival, were really, they had their entire team back. They had Chris Mueller playing out there, which we was a little bit more unexpected with the Gold Cup coming around and not sure where he was going to check in on national duties. But they also have Daryl DK back, as we know, and this team is off to a rock and start. Actually, last week, they played three total games, picked up nine points, and had ten total goals scored over that week in totality that is a bang up bang up job and obviously they're excited to have daryl back as well so you know unfortunately for us this loss bumps us down to the 12th seed in the eastern conference with you guessed it still eight points and a new record of two wins six losses and two ties we have not earned a single point since may 16th and unfortunately for us that team that we beat, that second match that we have won this year, Cincinnati, they just jumped ahead of us in the standings with their win last weekend against Toronto, which kind of shows you the talent level that Toronto's up when we're kicking their butts over that little break in time, and mm -hmm. then Cincinnati's going there and rocking their world. So fortunately, it's dropped our per-goal average a game sub one. We are now sitting at .8 averaged goals per match it's not the number we want man it really isn't and you know speaking of orlando people are calling this the best week in or in the club's history to have that result with that many many um goals as well so just really really all around impressive you know you mentioned that they have basically all their weapons right they had nani they had dk perea chris mueller uh tesho akindeli and then you look at our lineup and we're out two of our i'd say most important dps in pizarro and gonzalo is not in the starting lineup and then giving the reins to Carranza, who hasn't really got as much experience as he needs as much game time as he needs and then chapman trying to take over that uh, number 10 role we had a yoya come in because gregory was out and uh and mccoon just gets another start which i'm not in any way upset about that but we knew it was going to be a tough game and um you know, impressively enough, you know, statistically, we really did not do as bad as we as we have in the past. So just to run through these stats real quick from overall possession, uh, Orlando at 53 percent and we had 47 percent, which is a massive, massive uh, increase from our most recent games. As far as total shots on goal, we had 10 with only three being on target. Orlando had 11 with six of those being 
on target. Uh, now we get to fouls. We both had nine. We both had three yellow cards. We had no red cards this game, which is always beautiful. Each team had one offside. Uh, we had five corner kicks. They had four and we had, or I guess not we, but McCarthy had four saves. Whereas, uh, Orlando not with or without Gillespie, I will say with their backup keeper, still two saves, but overall, given the circumstances and the way Orlando city has been playing, Hats off to the boys for being able to not completely get blown out of the water in any of these stats. And I mean, there were some really, really impressive things that happened in this game. Several of them. I think there are several positive takeaways from this outside of a loss. I know everyone's upset. They want the win. Some of the fans were pretty upset, but I saw some positives. Did anything stand out to you in this game? You know, it was a pretty evenly, it was a pretty even match. And I think the only thing, as you were actually talking there, I was bouncing around the uh, MLS.com. And yeah, actually, I do have a stat that stands out the most to me. We are no longer first in the league in yellow cards. What? I don't like that stat. What? We got to go regain our title. <laughs> we got to. We got to. Come on, LGP. What the hell, man? I mean, I'm looking back right now, and I mean, three yellow cards, guys, just simply isn't going to get this done. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, LGP did stay consistent with one but i mean you know hey blaze and victor stepping up trying to help out the cause man i i support it you're right we didn't have the bash bro of gregory out there but uh for all you wondering who is the new leader in the mls with yellow cards care to take a guess mm. i'll give you a hint we beat him we beat him okay so i'm gonna go with fc cincinnati no, no philadelphia really yeah. can <laughs> You figure like they're playing from behind, so just foul everybody out of frustration. But okay, fair enough. Yeah, hey, you know, Philadelphia sitting in that top spot for yellow cards. And actually, as I jump over to the standings, looks like Philadelphia is actually sitting right behind Orlando in the supporter shield race in the sixth slot. So right now to bring everybody up to that race in the supporter shield, we have Seattle number one with 25 points, Kansas City 23, New England Revs with 23 as well. LA Galaxy with 21 and Orlando City with 21 as well. So that's the race right now for the Supporter Shield. But notably, Orlando City has one more game to play. They have a game in hand over the Revs, over the Union, over the Sounders, and over Sporting Kansas City. So in theory, they have a solid chance to, to kind of leapfrog everyone in the East for that number one spot and get tucked in right below Seattle. So keep an eye on that. And it only took five years to uh, for them to get on their feet. So, you know, we probably have another three and a half years to go. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Well, Oscar Perea has them playing pretty damn well right mm -hmm. now. And we'll see how long Daryl DK is on this club too, because again, there's a lot of rumors right now swirling of him actually moving clubs, which <laughs> I gotta be honest, man, even if he does get up and leave, that team is still potent in a top five club in the MLS. Yeah, and if they get the price tag they're asking for for about 20 million, if he goes over to Europe, that's a lot of money, a lot of play money there in, in what Orlando's probably, if I recall correctly, like, six million or something under our salary cap so they're not even really using all their funds or anything so that could be a very very scary situation for sure 
the one thing that really stuck out to me was especially like that first 10 minutes were just beautiful. That first half was, was phenomenal. I, I was really impressed by the effectiveness of the high press of our press really up and down the field of our ability to maintain possession and not freak out and just kick out a long ball, but actually everyone was playing for each other. And then the one thing that I really have been wanting to see since this team played its first game was goals from outside the box. It seems nobody really wants to take a chance. Everyone only wants to shoot when they're inside that 18 yard box, but not my man, Gonzalo Iguain. No, 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 no. He came on, he was subbed on, created some beautiful space. And honestly, the, I think it was Junior Urso, maybe Perea didn't really press him too much. And then he just had a go from fairly deep across the goal and snuck it in past the keeper for, and at that point we were behind the goal. So we saw that come at us. And, and I mean, it was probably 1.5 seconds later where my whole body was nearly covered in beer by, by the fans. You always look at me and I'm like, dude, let it fly. I'm just like, here it is, man. No, it feels good. Like I'm not even against it. I, I wish that I could go home covered in beer and a winner, you know, and not just go home a loser covered in beer, but whatever. It was a blast. Absolute fun time from the stadium. And we actually, I, I've isolated that clip. So let's go ahead and run through the clip. Now, to be fair, this game was on national television. So we didn't have Andres or we didn't have Ray Hudson or Kalen commentating. So this isn't the home feeling that we love, but still regardless, nice. Yes. The spin by Chapman. The Argentinian, Iguain fires low. What an introduction to the game there. We were talking about Miami doing all the things well in this game from the press to the intensity to the attitude, the right mentality coming into this game. Look at the crowd, what this means to these fans. But Higuain, he's coming to this game and he's added that little bit of quality that they were lacking in the final third. And it actually comes from an area where it seems pretty comfortable. A good 30 yards out. There's no press on the ball. Skips by a couple, couple passive defenders, Urso and Perea. No, no one really applies too much pressure to him. And he says, you know what? You're going to give me this chance. Give me this opportunity. It's a quality strike. He picks out his corner. Austin has a good look at it. But it's into that side netting beyond the outstretched arms. And this is exactly what Miami needed. They needed that quality. Gonzalo Higuain comes off the bench and gives some life, gives some joy to these Miami fans. Well, you can tell what the goal meant to him and also to his teammates and these fans. That's big for him. An absolute worm burner by Gonzalo Iguain to put the ball behind Brandon Austin, who was stepping in for Galici this game. It was an absolute beauty of a shot, and Jay is absolutely right. It was our first of the season outside of the box, and although that may sound a little bit negative on Inter Miami's part, it's really in par with a lot of the the rest of the the rest of the teams here in the MLS. Really, half of them either have zero or one goal from outside the box, with only a couple more. That's a deep, deep level statistic, right there, level buddy. Level two. 
Level two, buddy. Level, level two. Uh, now let's kind of remove ourselves from that moment of pure excitement where we're like, holy crap, man. Like, we're going to do this. I mean, we watched the first half of the team just came out with a different type of energy. And this is really the first glimpse, I think, that that we've seen of what the team could be this season with these uh, pieces in place. I mean, the 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 I don't want to call them the reserves, right? But obviously, Chapman, Shea, Carranza, all stepped up massively when we needed them. And then we got on Pizarro and Gonzalo in the second half, and they just ignited everything even more. It really felt like we're going to defend, you know, this house, and we're going to go successfully three times consecutively playing Orlando City in Dry Pink Stadium. But there is a world-class, one of the, the best to, to do it, who came from Manchester United. We're talking about Nani. This man is an absolute machine. Phil Neville probably has nightmares of, of practicing with Nani. Knows him very, very well from being teammates for so many years. But both goals were in effect because of Nani. Very, very tough. The, the first one to draw even uh, came off. Uh, Nani made a, a beautiful run down the right. Got a, an assist out the back and just brought it down. And on the first touch, just crossed it right across the box to an open Chris Mueller, who is one of the probably best young up and coming American talents that, that the United States has right now. And he just blasts this thing in one time, beautiful, beautiful goal. Not much McCarthy could do. I mean, he, he could have jumped a little better, but that's such a quick goal. Very, very tough to react in time. And then the second one, which was, you know, really at the, the 80th minute towards the, the end of the game, was unfortunately by Nani, and he was on the left-hand side, just came up right on that corner of the 18-yard box and just ripped a beautiful beautiful curler that McCarthy couldn't do anything about. I don't know many keepers that really could stop that. It just speaks to the the, the class of Nani. But, you know, here we are kind of played. We technically can't say it was five minutes after scoring that we conceded because it was technically six minutes. But are we going to go down this road again? Is this what we're going to do where we just kind of score, lose our heads, and then they, they equalize, and then, of course, we lose the game, and then 10 minutes left, trying everything we can to, to draw a level but just fell, fall short? Old habits just sprouting its little face up mm -hmm. again. We were doing really well with this over the entire season, and that was a glaring weakness that we had last year that we've corrected under Phil Neville's regime here. And Jay's right. Gonzalo's goal came at the 67th minute. Mueller was at the 73rd, and then Nani was at the 80th minute. So all these goals happened over the course of 13 minutes. The rest of the match, incredibly well fought, and it was great to see the club out there giving as much passion and enthusiasm behind it as possible. And honestly, Jay, as we talk about the goals that were given up, unfortunately, six shots on target were the statistics that you had mentioned a few minutes ago. And hard for John McCarthy on this one. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Both of these goals were very difficult saves. No matter who's in between the posts, doesn't really matter who you put there. Those are going to be challenging shots to block. And I guess the one real critique that I had with the one of the two, which was the latter goals, was just Nico's got to close out just a bit more on this. You got to know who you're guarding. And this is Nani, right? This is this is not just one of the leading goal scorers in the MLS, but this is a world-renowned player who has spent his entire career in the spotlight playing with clubs like Manchester United and having that 
big, you know, light just on him the entire time. And really that's when you got to step up and know who you're playing and know your assignment and, and also do your homework on, you, you know, watching game tape and film. You you know that this is his time to shine. Every single time that seems like we get in trouble is at the foot with Nani has some type of impact on it. Yeah, he's not going to fold under pressure. He's had tons and tons of big moments. And what's that thing? Like big time players make big time plays and big time games, right? This man, that that's what he does. That's what he was brought in to do. And he just executes. He, he really does just execute. But hey, overall, <laughs> comparing the previous two games, wow, wow, wow. What an improvement. If we can keep tweaking, if we can give Phil enough time, I, I can see this team actually being successful under Phil Neville with this squad. I would like to add some additionals, preferably in the number 10 creative midfield role. But hell yeah, we'll, we'll take a performance like that against a team that honestly, I, I literally thought we're going to get sm absolutely smoked by. We have to continue to roll on what, what what's sad enough to say is some momentum. And that's a crazy to say off of a loss. But this this was, in my opinion, the second best game that we played the entire year right behind our win against the philadelphia union which we just touched on six top six slot in the mls currently right now to date in the supporter shield race so that's a tough team we played orlando very very well well and jay i gotta say man the obvious issue that we had in the second half dude was just it was just that conditioning again man it just seemed like blaze Matui looked a little bit gassed Orlando certainly had more juice and I think played a little bit more of a tactical advantage on the coaching side of it. I think that they made some substitutes that really hurt us on the energy side of things and led to the scores board. We were we were unable to simply match that intensity and it really hurt us because our first half, although there were no goals scored, we were playing some of the best football we have the entire season, which again is super surprising because, dude, Orlando literally just played this was the third game that they're playing in one week we had one game the entire week and they were on their third so how the hell are we the tired teams when they're coming off of uh, you know these matches throughout the entire week it just it just doesn't seem right yeah it's tough um phil neville was very high on blaze matuidi after this game thought it was it was the best performance he's had this season in, in an inter miami shirt um but yeah it, it, it's very it's kind of frustrating to see. I think I even turned to you at, at one point in the late first half, and I was like, I, I don't know how we're going to be able to keep up this energy because we were playing so phenomenal, closing down so quick and making it very, very difficult. I don't even recall a solid chance that Orlando had in the first 10 minutes of the game. We were doing a great job of keeping them in their own half. But this is a continuous thing that we're going to have to figure out a way to, to resolve throughout the season as we continue to try and get better is we have players that aren't 90 minute conditioned to run like a madman for 90 minutes. And that's what you have to be able to give to win in a competitive league. And I'm glad you just touched on that because when we sat down at our seats, actually, by the way, first time sitting in the seats, how'd you like them? Well, technically they weren't our seats. Well, we might've been a but, little <laughs> bit over trying yeah. to make, you know, listen, man, we're still, uh, yeah. you know, current pandemic, you know, we got a social distance yeah. a little bit. I mean, my happy spot is where I'm at risk to be covered in beer. 
you know, I really do enjoy the supporter stance. Like, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep kind of bouncing around. Yeah. When we did sit down though, the first 15 minutes and it was glaring, we both looked at each other and it was awesome to see us put pressure on the ball. Mm-hmm. We were putting pressure on the ball at all levels. And you can tell Orlando was not ready for that. It was a little bit of a tactical change that we made that was clear and evident. And they struggled with that. And got to say, I- I'm looking forward to more of that right there. That is just high intensity. That is energy that's given a damn that's that's playing the match the way that it should be played and i really hope that we continue to do that yeah i think there's really only only a few teams in the east and they're kind of coincidentally all at the top of the table that can put up and, and win games where they're being played against like that i think if we continue to to not only do that but improve upon that then we'll be a, a serious threat in the East and could dominate definitely the, the the lower half teams, but really make it competitive for any game for any team. Easy there, easy there, racer. We might be able to dominate the bottom two teams, but right now we got to <laughs> figure out a whole lot, and we don't have much time to figure it out. We have our next match against Montreal. I believe this is technically an away match. Yeah, so it was always going to be an away match. So I believe even before they moved it away from uh, Drive Pink Stadium, which they decided to move it away because they're doing the preliminary Gold Cup rounds there. So they actually moved it to, well, we can't go to Canada due to travel restrictions. So it's being held at Red Bulls Arena, uh, which is where the New York Red Bulls play. But even if it was at Drive Pink, it would still technically be an away game, which means that we would still have to buy tickets to it. Even as season ticket holders, you would still have to buy a ticket because this isn't a planned home game. So this game is going to actually be played up in New York. This game will actually be played up in New York, a true away game. But the good news is, at least the competition, it's also an away game because they're not home. It's the old double away. But this game is going down on Saturday, July 3rd at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will go ahead and take on Montreal, where... Club de Foot. I know you like that. Montreal is currently sitting in the ninth seed in the East with 13 points, record of three wins, three losses, and four ties. In their last five matches, however, they have two wins, two ties, and one lost their name, and that loss did come to the Whitecaps. Go figure. (laughs) It's Canadian rivalry right there, bud. But, yeah, they started the season banging. I mean, I watched the opening week, and first off, I was like, wow, that's a beautiful stay in their planet. I was like, oh, it's because it's Drive Pink Stadium. But they were coming out strong. They looked great. Last time we played Montreal, we actually ended up losing uh, 2-0. That was not a fun game. We were actually both at that game. It was a home game. That was the whole tenant versus the landlord, and the tenant certainly won. Uh, but notably, their starting goalkeeper, Clement Diop, who I actually think is, is one of the better goalkeepers in the league, he's out this game, uh, as he was out the previous game due to injury. So they actually have their backup, which is James Pantemis, and he won the man of the match in their last game. And after speaking with the Baldas Round Montreal uh, podcast, all of them were very, very high on James and want him to be the new starter and think he can really seize this opportunity. Now, last time we played them, they came out with a 3-4-1-2, and their leading goal scorer is Mason Toy with three goals as current, you know, today. But Bjorn Johnson was the one who scored against us twice. And uh, he's also tied with Jordi uh, Mihailovic, both at two. Now, Bjorn hasn't scored since he played Inter Miami. Montreal has been having some serious issues in their recent games. It was kind of funny because it's a like-minded podcast of 
of wanting, you know, loving your team. But the the fact is that they're just playing, you know, poorly. So that, that was kind of fun just to laugh kind of back and forth together on that. But also really notable is Romeo Kyoto is the leading assist man with three. And keep an eye on Victor Wanyama. He is back. He is playing a little reckless and aggressive. He's got five yellow cards. He'd be a great Inner Miami player, I think. He'd fit right into this team. There's absolutely no doubt. And you know what's wild is Bajoran Johnson. This guy, he was electric last time he played us. He is 6'5", 176. Dude is big as shit. Actually, just checking him out right now on the old Google Sphere. And he actually plays for the Norway national team, too. So, surprised he only has two goals. But definitely got to keep an eye on him in this match this weekend. So fill in this blank, buddy. Inner Miami will beat Montreal if we score two goals. I think that we have to come out and we just can we just score two goals? Like when was the last time that we had two goals? Maybe like the Cincinnati match when we put in three. Uh, I don't know when the last time we had two multiple games. LA Galaxy, Philadelphia Union. So all yeah, prior to the Cincinnati uh, yeah. FC match. So it's been a while. I really think that if we score two goals, this team is not that potent on offense. Although we were just talking about them, they only have eleven goals to their name. We have nine on the season, so it's not like they're blowing the team away with a high high octane offense. We have to come out. We have to score a goal in the first half. And honestly, I'm assuming this to get tied up. I think we're going to have to get the goal ahead goal in the back, probably twenty minutes of this to put it away. But we'll see how we play. What about you well the i guess projection that i i gave was actually two to one with inter miami winning so i'm right in line with with what you're you're thinking but for me i want to see more of what i saw in that first half on friday night i think if we can figure out a way to string that together for 90 full minutes we can beat the best teams in the league. If we can just come out and, and still see improvements and, and just have that same energy, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for Montreal to score. I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to, to impose their wills. Uh, so this will be very interesting. Does Gonzalo start? Does Pizarro start? Who knows? We will find out very soon. Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately for us, the road does not get any easier whatsoever super high level here are the next matches we are right now smack dab in the toughest part of our schedule this entire year which is not coming at a good time we have montreal this week we have the new york red bulls which is kind of funny because we're going to be flying back up to new york for that match in red bulls arena so we're playing montreal new york red bulls moving over to the New England Revolution, then playing the Philadelphia Union, right back to another match with Montreal in Fort Lauderdale, and then boom, playing our rival Orlando City in the following preceding game. And then it doesn't get easier. We're going to finish that off with Nashville. So that's an outlook of the next seven games that we have on our slate. Hmm. Well, you know, I judging by Friday, if that's the new status quo, if that's what Phil can, can at least deliver Something similar to that. Uh, that doesn't sound that intimidating. Again, you know, as I say all the time, anything can happen in this league. But we got to stop looking for other situations. We just got to look within and get this figured out together. Because just to see the 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 joy, the smiles on everyone's face for for going up for that six minutes and seeing how the team was playing, a lot of those that stress or that frustration you could see was being alleviated. Now, did it come right back in six minutes? Did it come right back in another 
it's eight minutes after that when when Nani scored the game winner. Maybe, probably. But, but there was six minutes there of happiness. There was. But I think a lot of people, especially after like the heat of the game when you're walking away, probably woke up the next morning or had thoughts today or something like that. Like, wow, that was definitely an improvement from what we've been seeing. Because every week, you know, it seems like we're at our lowest point, then we just seem to follow it up with an even worse performance. So this was the the first one and I mean, if you can even count the FC Cincinnati game, they're so bad it's it's hard to really be high on them. But this is probably the first time we've really seen a, a significant good thing occur since I'd say the Philadelphia one. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, there, there's one variable that led you to your emotional state on Saturday morning, and that was just, did you go to miscues or not? Yeah. If you went to miscues, you were in a dark space for the next 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, bro, I was on my couch for so long, so long. Bro, I have, dude, this is the worst. So the next day I wake up, I didn't know that I had to go to a movie. So Sherry <laughs> tells me that I have to go to a movie. The movie is in Weston. So oh. it's about 30 minutes away or so. So what do we do? What's the next question that's obviously going to get asked? What movie are we going to go see? Mm -hmm. Fast and the Furious 9. Oh, exactly what kind of roller coaster I want to go to <laughs> as I'm you know, about contemplating my life. So I get and there. we need you to drive. <laughs> yeah, right? There's the catcher. So then I get there. I'm like, oh, you know, listen, this isn't going to be that bad. You know, I'm going to get a nice little slushy. And I got a wild cherry one, wild cherry and some popcorn. Sit down. Come to realize these chairs actually rock and they go with the jolting motion of the movie. <laughs> no so way. now yeah. your boy is strapped in to this death cart for the next two hours oh, watching Vin Diesel. Probably just sweating. Just probably just sweating, just pure vodka. Terrible, terrible. So oh, that, and with that... Well, I mean, at least everything, like, is bringing a, a smile to my face to where my cheeks are hurting just hearing some of these uh, these recaps. Oh, boy. And with that, it is the end of our show. We thank you for swinging by. Thank you for joining us. If you like this episode, go ahead and give us five stars on Apple Reviews. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you're an apple podcast fan if you're a spotify fan or anyone in between go ahead and click that subscribe button to not miss an episode follow us on instagram and facebook and twitter at inter miami podcast but twitter is enter mia podcast check us out pink smoke discord links all on the episode bio the description of this episode go ahead click it free to join do your thing and like we end every episode vamos miami Vamos Miami.